0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, We Survive Physical Death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I want to introduce you now to our guest today. I actually spent the morning on her website and watching her videos on YouTube. And I can tell you she is one warm, loving, caring, generous soul with a great sense of humor. Her name is Reverend Carol Lynn. Reverend Carol Lynn is an ordained minister, a commissioned healer, and a certified medium. She's a member of the Greater Boston Church of Spiritualism. She is also an award holder with the Spiritual National Union of Great Britain in public speaking and mediumship demonstration. Rev. Carol Lynn has been serving spiritualist churches since 1994. She is also featured on the prestigious site BestPsychicMediums.com, and has been interviewed by ABC World News and the Boston Globe. Carol Lynn is the author of five spiritual books, the newest being, Are You Psychic or Making It Up?, which was just published this fall, in which she helps those who are intuitive, psychic, and have medium abilities to learn their, about their gifts, always recommending that the religion of spiritualism is the best place to unfold one's spiritual gifts. Carolyn, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here this morning. And I I literally spent about an hour clicking through YouTube and watching the interviews you had with Bob Olson, and you're just fabulous. Lovely, caring. You're making me blush, son. That's all right. You're in the (laughs) privacy of your own home, so that's okay. (laughs) So thank you. And it's nice, too, because we're both in the same state right now. We're in in Massachusetts.
1: Now, do you mean in a state geographically or I a mean, state of consciousness?
0: <laughs> maybe all of the above. <laughs> we be. don't know. We'll discover that. So let me just start off with a little bit about you, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your backstory, because, um, you know, I don't know if everybody wakes up and just decides they're going to be a medium, and some people want to be the President of the United States, some want to be a ballerina, and maybe you said, I want to be a medium. Um, is that how that went, or did you have a
1: career no, no, life before. No, it didn't go like that oh. at all. I, I woke up and said, um, I want to be a musician. Really? Okay. I want to be in show business. I was from a show business family. And uh, so that was natural for me As it would be for a farmer's daughter to want to be a farmer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was a working musician and guitar teacher and voice teacher and public speaking coach wow. for many, many years. And I was always psychic. You know, I knew that I could read people's minds at times. And I'd actually been tested when I was in my early 20s by the Society of Psychical Research in New York City. Because a friend of mine and I used to play all these psychic games. And so oh,
2: someone, cool. did, yeah. you know,
1: made us, uh, just talk to us into getting tested. So I knew I was psychic. And in those days, you'd call it ESP. Right. Yep. After sensory perception. But I didn't see the point of that. hmm um, it, didn't, it wasn't anything that I wanted to do. I kind of turned it off. To me, it was, um, I didn't want to be spying on people's thoughts. Right. So I didn't see a use for this. So I didn't do anything with it. I continued on as a musician. But in my early 40s, I guess late 30s to early 40s, what I call spirit, some people call it God, some people call it nature, great spirit, whatever the God of your understanding is, that force started letting me know that I was a psychic medium through various experiences. Okay. As I often say to my students, you know, when spirit wants to let you know that you're a medium, they can't send you an email. <laughs> <laughs> they no. can't call you up on the phone. They can't send you a registered letter. What they can do... Is, is present you with experiences that are sacred and mysterious and that, that start letting you know that's who you are and bring you to a point where you make a decision. Do I want to get involved with this and develop it? Or do I want to find a place for it in my heart but not have it um, as my profession or as too big a part of my life?
0: What kind of experiences?
1: Well... I had a bunch of different experiences. I had spiritual visions. I had um, experiences with with technology, radio, and television, and also some very transformative dreams. And I'm going to let you choose where you want me to start on that. What 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 jumps out at you from that list? Well, the visions
0: first. We'll
1: take them in okay. order because. The spiritual, all right. A chronological person here,
0: <laughs> good. Well, it's only because I wrote them down, and I thought, well, I'll just go here. No, because I mean, I'm a very visual person, and the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, because I know oh. I've had some visions, but they've been in my head. But are yours outside your head? Well, you know. Well, so, no, you no. Know, you this
1: talk. this 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 first vision was just incredible. Okay. I was um, I was in my house in California, living in Mill Valley, California and getting ready to move to Boston. My husband had received a job offer in Boston, and our family was getting ready to pack up and move. In fact, most of the furniture in the house was on the way to Boston. Okay. And my husband was in Boston, and there I was with the kids sort of sleeping on the floor, you know, because there was no furniture. And lo and behold, um, I saw the spirit of my dog who had passed away within the past year, walk across the room. And it was like seeing my dog wrapped in saran wrap. That's the best way I can put it. I could see through it. It it wasn't full of color, but I knew that that was my dog. Wow. And when when the dog had passed away, um, I had buried her ashes on the property Mm -hmm. in California. And what I felt... No, excuse me, I had not yet. I'm mixed up here. When the movers came to pack up the house, the ashes were on the truck on the way to Boston. I hadn't even really thought about it because this move happened so quickly that I didn't even know what was on that truck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) truck. So the message from my dog was, I don't want my ashes to be going to Boston. I want to be buried on this property. Oh. So that was a very, very powerful image. So I moved to Boston, and I, I believed that. I wasn't frightened by what I saw. Uh-huh. It was just my dog talking to me. It was so natural. And so I had to make a business trip back to California. About six weeks after I moved, I brought the ashes back and buried them on the property wow. where they are today. So that was my first experience. And then I guess what happened from there. My next vision came out of the fact that one day I was in a bookstore, and I saw this book, and it was it was just kind of an interesting book called "Opening to Channel," and it caught it caught my eye, and I read it, and so I started channeling. And in my channeling experience, where I would go into an altered state of consciousness and speak into a microphone, just whatever came to me, spirits started coming to me. And one day I was channeling for a friend of mine, and a man came through. His name was Charles. I knew what he looked like, and, you know, I mean, I, I, for my friend, her her grandfather came through and another relative came through. One day when I was at her house, I suddenly had a vision of one of her loved ones by the refrigerator. And these were all objective visions, which means I saw them outside of my mind. Interesting. Okay. Very, very much like I'd seen my dog. Mm-hmm. I could see through it, but yet I knew what it was. So this kind of got my attention. Of course. These visions. Yeah. And
0: you're getting the confirmation now besides just the psychic stuff that people are coming through you and you're
1: connecting right with so this dead is people, a really right? diff- this is a really different ball game mm-hmm. because unlike the i'm not saying that psychic ability isn't worthwhile mm-hmm. because the psychic ability and the energy that is psychic i now realize is what drives all the different kinds of ways we can help people with energy work with mediumistic readings, with psychic readings that are truly uh, transformative. It's, it's the building blocks, that psychic energy. But when I was younger, I didn't see a reason for it. Mm-hmm. But now that I was seeing spirits, I saw a reason for having the psychic energy, and I saw a reason for looking into this because now I'm, first of all, I'm fascinated. Yeah, right. You know, what's happening? Am I making this up? Well, I can't really be making it up because I, you know, um, these friends of mine are recognizing these relatives that I never met. But still, Sandra, I was such a skeptic that I think I was doing readings professionally for a number of years, and I was still looking for a way to find that Maybe I'd made it up. Maybe it was a good guess. Maybe the client tipped me off. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. But but at a certain point, I had done so many readings and people had recognized so many things that I couldn't possibly have known, I just, I gave up being a skeptic and I said, this is real. I couldn't, there's no way I could guess all that. Oh, that's such good news. I mean, I've heard this
0: before, but it just, you just flooded me with goosebumps. That, like, this is real.
1: Yeah, and when you realize it's real, then your life changes. You yeah. know, your life just changes because, you know, picture the world. And just for, you know, talk's sake, let's say that the world has a diameter in your mind of six inches. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's much bigger than that, but right. just the visual. Okay. Well, when you suddenly know that there's an afterlife, that six inches expands into infinity, Mm -hmm. you're you're now part of something that is so much bigger so much greater so much vaster that you don't even know where it ends if at all right and things have meaning whereas
0: before i might have felt like a victim that something happened to me it's now it's like oh what if this happened so that i would grow because i will continue on like there's meaning to it you know
1: yeah, you know, that's a very interesting topic. That could kind of get us off in a different direction, but shall we go on a well, sort of sidetrack for a minute? Yeah, sidetrack, and then we'll <laughs> go back, because I want to ask you about technology. <laughs> so let's okay. do, have,
0: let's have um, our little track. I
1: am not in line with a lot of other psychic mediums and spiritual teachers who believe that everything happens for a reason. Right. I, I just, I'm not there. It might be true, but I think there are things as real accidents that happen to Mm -hmm. people and that we get sick sometimes because there's germs and not because we're trying to learn a lesson. I do feel that the way we respond to these things that happen to us is where the lesson lies because we have lots of choices Mm -hmm. about how to respond to things. But I just don't think that everything happens because we signed a contract before and that it's all laid out.
0: Yeah, it does seem so, kind of so silly. This so this
1: a controversial mm-hmm. issue. But yep. I, so I just want to point that out.
0: Well, one thing, I, I don't say this often on the shows, but we've had all kinds of people as guests, uh, Carolyn, and it's, you know, you take what you can to empower your life. If something doesn't resonate, well, throw it away. You know, if something does, hang on to it and use it and have a great life, you know? So I think... Um, you know, and, and, you know, and I hear different stories about what it's like when people die. And just, there's all kinds of different stories. And it's just like, well, what do you believe? And I know that'll take us down another tangent so we can get back to that. <laughs> but <laughs> but, anyways, it's just really from these interviews, it's like I, I'm really out for two things. One is to hear some evidence why you believe in life after death. Uh, and because that really helps us believe in life after death. And then also, how do we live our life? You know, because I, I think it's great to visit a medium, to learn things. Um, but a lot of people go and, I don't want to say are addicted to it, but but, but kind of. They're looking for answers well, rather than, you know, what can empower us to live life fully right Well, they right become now. reading junkies. Yeah. That's easy. I, and you know,
1: that's not a good idea. No. Not good idea Mm -mm. that's turning over your personal power to uh
0: somebody else right and i know power uh taken in this context it feels good when you can accomplish something and you look back and okay this is where i started this is where i am now you feel that sense of accomplishment it can fuel you i mean that's all from choices we make not looking for something outside of ourselves to tell us what to do
1: so there's a good sense of
0: satisfaction and gratitude so let's go back to, okay. Uh, yeah. Back me, we up. We're on track now. Yeah. Um, we're, technology. We're never, it's all you fun. You want to hear about the technology? Yes, I do.
1: Well, the technology experiences were amazing for me. And it, that may have been the, the way that Spirit chose to really make me into a believer because I grew up in a radio and television family. So technology is something that was part of me. And so, when I was channeling, there would be times that the energy that I am connected to would make me want to turn on the television. Now, okay. this was the '80s, and we didn't have remotes then. <laughs> you know, we turned <laughs> the channels. Those days, by, we to we get turned up. the channels by hands. Right. But I would be channeling something like I was a public speaking coach at the time. So one day, I'm channeling a, a public speaking. Um, exercise that I'm going to do. Now, of course, when I went to these big companies, I didn't tell the CEOs that I had channeled this exercise. I just said, this is a great exercise. (laughs) But I had this one exercise that I was channeling that had to do with looking down upon the earth when you have stage fright and realizing, you know, that you're just a tiny, tiny speck on that earth. Mm -hmm. And when you get into that kind of awe, of what a huge universe it is and what a tiny speck you are and that you're connected to the one of humanity, it's pretty hard to have stage fright because you, you don't, you're not so self-conscious. Right. All right? right, so I'm visualizing this and I'm, I'm recording faithfully this exercise I'm going to have students do. And then I hear the voice that speaks to me say, turn on the television set. So I go to the television set and I hear, turn to the next channel, the next channel, stop. The picture that comes up on the television screen is the same picture I've just channeled. It's an astronaut looking down on the Earth. The only difference in the picture in my channeling session was that there was no spacesuit involved. It was just me in space, and now I'm looking. But it was the same picture. And then I had another one where I said to this voice, I said, okay, I'm channeling about vegetables now. If you're so hot, prove to me <laughs> that, um, that, you know, you can bring something up about vegetables. So I was told to go to the television set. And I turned the television set on and I went from channel to channel and I ended, ended up on a, um, you know, that show Cheers. Yeah. All right, so I'm watching the show Cheers and I'm saying to this voice in my head, I'm saying, see, there's a bunch of guys at a bar, you know, this has absolutely nothing to do with vegetables. And I hear this voice say, wait. So I watch, and within 30 seconds, a waitress walks in the room. She's carrying a big platter of vegetables in her hands and is talking to the guys about how important it is to eat vegetables. That's pretty funny. Okay. So I have one more, and this was the most astounding one, and I've hardly ever told this story because it just freaks me out in a certain way. Okay. I had this extremely spiritual channeling session in which I felt like there were visions of all the great spiritual leaders of the world, of all the great religions. They walked through this channeling session. Of course, I wasn't believing it, but I was kind of believing it. I just didn't know what to think of it. And then all of a sudden, my cat walks through. So like a good reporter, I'm recording all of this, what I'm seeing, onto a tape. In those days, it was cassette tapes. When the cat walked in, I didn't mention my cat. I had mentioned Mohammed, Jesus, Gandhi, uh, many s- great spiritual figures. But when my cat walked in, I thought, I'm not going to mention my cat. This couldn't be. Well, all of a sudden, the energy was like crashing around me. And I heard, turn on the television set. And I turned on the television set, and the picture that came up on the screen was a full, a full picture of a cat, and my living cat walked in the room at the exact moment. Oh, And it was like a message of, don't you dare edit. Huh. Because I had edited. Do you see what happened there? You following me? I am following you. And it was the most chilling and yet exhilarating experience I've ever had channeling. I knew without any doubt that I was in touch with something beyond myself. And then the final thing that helped that... Was a, a very good trance medium came over from England, Mark Weber, and he. I used to to host a lot of mediums. I was sort of the bed and breakfast for English mediums. That's great. <laughs> about ten years, and what a gift that was for me because I was a student, and here I had these great people right. sitting across the breakfast table for me, talking to me. Any rate, he gave a seminar in my house for about it was for an invited group. Um. And there were about ten of us. And he went into trance and he went around the room and he told each people what their spirit guides were like.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, I had never experienced my spirit guide in any kind of personified way. It was an energy. That's all I knew. It was an energy. And so he went from person to person and the guides that he described were much more personified. And he got to me and he stopped and he said, this is different. This is not like a person. This is like an energy. And he, ex- he described for me exactly what I experienced. And what a great confirmation that was for me. And then through the channeling, I was shown more and more spirits. And then through the channeling, the presence that speaks to me said, you're going to be a medium. Hmm. This is what your work is going to be and that's how it happened then i joined a spiritualist church i started going back and forth you know i had been going back and forth to england but could you talk a little bit about the spiritualist church i
0: just want to tell you a little bit about my story um... kind of how you found the book opening to channel um... i had some medium experiences And I just wanted to know more. And there on the shelf was Reverend Rita Berkowitz's book, An Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits. Ah, yes. I know Rita very well. And, yeah, she's awesome. And the thing was, is I read the book cover to cover, and I thought, wow, where could I find a spiritualist church? Where could I learn more about this and that's when I turned to the back of the book and found out Rita was 45 minutes from where I lived I mean talk about a sign to go meet her and all that stuff mm-hmm. um, but if you could that was my I'd never heard of spiritualism before
1: um, I had never heard of it before either
0: would you good tell us friend about of, it? a
1: good friend of mine had taken me to a spiritualist church years before um, when I was a working musician to sing in a coffee house mm-hmm and I didn't know about spiritualism. I just went there to sing in a coffee house right. for a fundraiser. And I looked at those people and I thought, oh, those people are all nuts. I'm never going to be like them. <laughs> <laughs> little, little did I know that ten years later I would not only be in spiritualism, but working towards ordination. Right. So, you know, be careful of your first uh, reactions to things, mm-hmm. I always say. But, the re- you know, I didn't particularly want to be in a religion. But with discovering I was a medium, I wanted to be part of something where I would have friends, colleagues, teachers. And sometimes I feel like spiritualism should be a philosophy and a center rather than a religion. You know, there's been a lot of discussions about that. But whatever it is, for me, it has been a place to, to develop, to do my work, to do demonstrations, uh, it allows me to do some things where anybody can come and there's no uh, entrance fee, they can come watch me work. So it's, my, it's really my volunteer work, everything that I do in spiritualism. I do have, have now, my job is that I'm a professional medium and author, and that's what I do, mm-hmm. um, but my volunteer work is spiritualism. Can you walk us through just, like, what, uh,
0: if we attended a S- Sunday service at a spiritualist church, what that would look like? Because I come from the Catholic faith, and mm-hmm. I was, like, blown away at what happens, especially at the end of a spiritualist service. Just for people that don't know, what, what well, is it like? Well, first of
1: all, you can also go to my website, and there's a whole page on what happens in a spiritual service. If you really want to read about it, um, in the tabs on the left-hand side of the homepage, you'll see spiritualism. Just click on it. Yeah, let me just but, have but a just little give you a, for it. A, a, a mini look. Yeah, most spiritualist services in the United States start with a healing service and and music and prayers. And there are chairs placed in a semicircle. And if you want to sit for healing, you sit in one of those chairs. And then spiritualist healers who have been trained um, and certified stand behind the chair, and they put their hands on your shoulders and your head only. And it is made very clear by the minister that the healers are not healing. They are bringing through the healing energies of God, of spirit, Mm. the God of your understanding, and that this does not replace medical help when needed. Right. Right. So that's a very sacred part of the service. Then there is usually a lecture, some might call it a sermon, given by the invited guest of the day. Unlike a lot of other religions where you have the same speaker every week because this is the pastor of the church, in spiritualism, because of the mediumship, we don't want the speaker knowing the congregation too well and reading for the same people all the time. So we travel around. Oh. You want to have you want to have a flow of people coming through. The pastor of a spiritualist church may only do a service there once a month or sometimes only once a season. You know, four times a year, but they they facilitate the service. They lead the healing, but the speakers keep changing. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and and it's been my choice as a spiritualist minister not to be a pastor of a church but to be more of a missionary minister going okay. around different churches. So the speaker gets up and gives the lecture, and then there's usually more music and and the offering. You know, people make donations. Mm-hmm. And then there is a demonstration of mediumship in which the the speaker brings messages to so many people in the congregation, hopefully with good evidence that proves that life is continuous now of course some mediums are very excellent and some mediums are not as excellent right and I always tell people if you're thinking about spiritualism don't make your judgment of a church on what happens on a particular day because next week somebody else is the speaker you have to you have to go to a lot of churches and you have to go there many times before you can decide if you feel at home there Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I went to Rita's uh, in Quincy, the church there. Yeah, and uh, Quincy
1: well. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and um, when I was there, uh, the minister came through with a message and just totally what my grandfather looked like, complete with his cane and the German shepherd that was always by his side, and it was super, super powerful. And then my friend Bob lived in Quincy at the time, and I told him about it. Oh, he says, I don't know if I believe in that kind of stuff. And, well, as it turned out, he came with me to the following Sunday. And he had some real unfinished business with his mom who had passed away. And I tell you, it was so beautiful that what came out of her mouth really verifying how she died, the sickness she had, how Bob had cared for her, the differences that they had, the apologies. I mean, it was so vivid. I mean, it, it transformed his life. I mean, it was well, just...
1: wonderful. It was awesome. That is absolutely awesome, and that's wonderful. And I have to say, it does not always happen. Yeah, I can so get if it. You're, if you're going to go to a spiritual service, you have to understand that you may not get a message. Only so many people will get a message. Mm. And if you do get a message, it may be like you're talking about, absolutely transforming, or you might not understand it. All oh, right. 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 But, you know, same thing's
0: true when people go to see a big medium and on stage. I mean, there could be a thousand people in the
1: audience. Absolutely. The only the only way to get really know you're going to get a reading is to have an appointment with a medium. And if you're going to do that, I really tell people, make sure, you know, that you're you're going to have a reading with a an educated, tested and experienced medium. Yeah, Because these days, you know, anybody can just hang up their shingle on the Internet and call themselves a medium.
0: Oh, absolutely. Let me just jump over to that. You have been tested in um, your interviews with Bob Olson, who I love, a private investigator who uh, created BestPsychicMediums.com. Um, what kind of test was involved to make sure you're the real
1: deal? Um, well, I was tested by a lot of places. Okay. Uh, I was tested by Best Psychic Mediums. That was probably the last test I had, um, in which I had to give him a reading, and I also had to have an interview, and I, had to, I think I had to write an article.
2: Mm.
1: And, but previous to that, I'd been tested by the Spiritualist National Union with, with four different test services, where they would you know, have a group that would evaluate me. And then I was also tested by the American Federation of Spirituals Churches. So I went through a couple of different... I went through three different things, three different kinds of, of testing procedures. And it's, it's very stressful, and it was very strenuous. I wouldn't want to do it again.
0: No, I would, I would think <laughs> so, because even though
1: spirit wants you to
0: be a medium, I mean, we all still have this... Ego no, and inner voice. There are, and who are,
1: there are people who are great test mediums, and those are the people who should sign up for the research project. Right. You know, yeah. I probably wouldn't. I've been broached on that, but it's just—it's too stressful for me. And um, I love so much working with my private clients. Right. Where I can work the way I want to, where it's not a scientific test, where we can talk about all kinds of things, because you know. These, these sessions, just spirit changes people's lives mm-hmm. through these sessions. And that's what I personally get the most satisfaction out of. I don't care if I'm the most well-known medium in the world. In fact, I, I can't be too more well-known or I, I don't have time to fit in the people, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm I, sure you might have a waiting list of people that want to I do, I do, and
1: this makes me feel really sad sometimes that people have to wait. Is it a long but, reading list? Months?
0: Um,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured so. Um, yeah, but, but it's, um, you know, I also feel very strongly, I, I used to have a secretary who booked my readings for me. Right. And I stopped doing that because now I screen people. And I talk to them. I want to make sure it's right because for some people it's really not the right time to have a reading or they're not having it for the right reading. Mm -hmm. And I talk them out of it. And other people it's really clear that this is right. And, And I'm so happy since I'm doing that because some people are in such deep grief that if they don't get exactly the person they want coming through the reading saying exactly what they want, they have the reading script written in their mind. And if it doesn't happen exactly that way, they're going to feel terrible. So they're not really ready to have a reading. They, You know, I try to get them to go to a grief counselor for a while and then call me back. Yeah.
0: And also, when they are at the right p- frame of mind and are open to it, I think our energy is a little bit better. We're, Yeah, we're open and then... You know, it can be a, a very healing in our grief to know. Oh,
1: yes, it's very, very healing. Yeah, but but you know, it might not be so good for some people at a certain moment. Yeah, that makes sense. So I like I like to evaluate that now. Yeah, you sure are great. By the way, I love
0: talking to you. It's you're very. I just feel joy and just at ease, and it's all good. So, how about some um, details about? from what you know, or maybe you don't, but after we die or our body transitions or however you want to say it, um, what happens? What happens to our loved ones? What will happen to us? Uh, Like I said earlier, I've heard so many different stories and it's like, well, who's right? Well,
1: again, all I can tell you is what I see based on the experience I've had as a medium. Okay. All right? Yep. And... Okay, so this, this is not written anywhere as a scientific experience. No, nope, I get it. I do. It feels to me like when we cross over, we give up our physical body. And if, we've had, if we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, mm-hmm. and we've had a pretty good life, and there's not too much baggage and not too much unfinished business, we start going into our deeper soul energy very quickly and we're met by many many people in our ancestry
2: mm-hmm. and in our
1: lives and our spiritual helpers if we if we've led a life where we've been a a murderer or an abuser right. or you know have done terrible things i i haven't seen anybody being punished but it's it's almost as if they go into a period of having to face who they are and learn something you know, I, I feel like they're, they're in spiritual remedial help. That's a good and thing. And so it, I, it feels differently to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like when that spirit comes through in a reading, I'll, I find myself saying to my client, you know, I feel that this, this let's say it's a man, I, I feel that this, this man, when he passed over, he had a lot of baggage, he had a lot of things he was regretful for, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and I'll, uh, it feels very different to me. Than somebody um, who doesn't die with all that baggage. Right. So the spirits feel different to me depending on how they passed. Some who pass very suddenly at a young age seem like they're in shock for a while. You know, they have huh. to be. They they have to have people explain to them that they've really died. Not people, but p- the spirits. Right. Right. People right. Explain to them. So I see a great deal of variation when I'm doing readings of what happens. And one of the most interesting things is that I've had the wonderful opportunity of reading for a client when a loved one died. You know, maybe I've read for them six months later, Mm -hmm. and and so the spirit has come in as a sort of a new spirit. And then I've read for that same client and that same spirit has come through two years later, four years later. I mean, I, have a, I, I don't have a lot of clients who are regulars, but I do have some. Mm-hmm. And I see that spirit evolve over time. Well, that's a good
0: news. I mean, I'm not the same person I was when I was in my 20s. No, no. I'm 49 no. now. I no, mean it's...
1: So, so the, spirit, the spirit who may have been confused and shocked when they passed over, and really, you know, wanting to hang on to the physical life, is now almost like a spiritual teacher six years later, sometimes. Very interesting. And- but I find it very individual. People will say to me, what do spirits think about such and such? And I'll say, which spirit are you talking about? That's like when I'm in Europe and people say, what do Americans think about blah, blah, blah. And you say, well, which American are you talking about?
0: Well, and that would make sense too, Carolyn, about like every human being has so many different experiences. I think I've been looking for, you know, when I've interviewed people, like, well, some people say that there's a life review. Some people say there's not. Like, different people people have different experiences. Some have a life review. Some don't or some see a white light or tunnel or you know i've been like well what what's the truth and it just well i I can really
1: resonate with the idea of a life review yeah i don't know that when you cross over there's a sign that says this way to the life review room (laughs) you know um that word that may be a human word right i don't know that spirits speak Language in the same way we do? Because I used to think when I was bringing through a message from a spirit that it's almost like I'm getting the exact words. But what do I do with the fact that I've done readings for people all over the world now, and so many of the spirits that come through never spoke English? Yet I understand what they're saying.
0: So, so that
1: cool. has me ask the question are spirits speaking language as we speak it? And
0: I maybe don't not. Know. I don't
1: know. No, or I wouldn't understand this. And then, I'll tell you one, this, this mm-hmm. blew my mind. Okay. I was on the phone with a reading, uh, doing a reading, and this woman, uh, the spirit that came through spoke another language. I didn't even know what it was. And it came to the time in the reading where she was allowed to ask questions of her loved one, and so she went into a five-minute question in a language that I not only un- did not understand, but I didn't even know what language she was speaking. And then when she was finished, she turned to me on the phone and she said, and so how does he answer? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I took a deep breath, and I, st- and I was talking in English because that's the language I speak, uh-huh. and I answered and I said, well, he says, and I went on with what, what it was he said, and it was a whole story about fights and a brother-in-law and this or that, and it was exactly right. Now, how could I get that? Not through words. Nope. So that experience was a real big one for me, because it showed me that the words, the words are really coded. I mean, words, language is what we speak to communicate with each other, but when we're communicating with spirit, we're communicating in a deeper state of consciousness that, that Knows no language, or I couldn't have gotten that mm, unless there's like the board of translators in the sky, right? Who <laughs> who translated it for me? I don't know. I I can't tell you why or how that happened, but that it does happen. But it did happen to me in a reading, and it was one of the biggest experiences as a medium I've ever had.
0: Mm. Uh, let me ask you, Carolyn, our our loved ones when we can make contact through a medium are they all knowing do they have our answers for our life you know what I'm getting at
1: I know what you're getting at but again I have to say which one mm-hmm. you know I remember I used to study at the Arthur Finley College that's one of the places where I went through a whole program in Stansted England okay and one of the teachers said to me, uh, I remember in one of my first weeks there, if you didn't listen to your Uncle Harry when he was alive, you don't necessarily want to follow his advice when he's dead. Oh, uh, That's
0: great. <laughs> so we retain our personalities and well, all that? Or well,
1: some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm really, I, at this point, generalizations don't work for me too well because I've just had so many different experiences. But, you know, messages will come through of advice. For my clients, from their loved ones, and I always counsel them at the end of the session, contemplate what has come through, but just because it came from your loved one in spirit, doesn't mean that it's the right answer for you. You don't have to do it, because you have free will. Very good, yeah. And I, I even, and I do intuitive guidance readings also, where I connect with what, the presence that I connect with as a channel which personally I feel is a more developed energy with all due respect to your relatives and mine. (laughs) Um, You know, I feel there are higher energies than most of our relatives. And even when advice comes through that channel to my clients, I tell them, you are responsible for reviewing the advice you've been giving and, and seeing how it resonates with you. And if it doesn't, don't do it. Or even if the advice that comes through with you, if you, if, it, if you say, no, I wouldn't do this, but I would do this, it's still very useful because the advice that you don't want to follow has jogged you into finding what you do want to do. Mm-hmm. Intuitive
0: guidance, that makes me think of how do you know or can you pick up if somebody's a spirit guide versus a deceased
1: loved one? They feel very, very different. Okay. And a lot of mediums do a lot of things in a reading. They bring spirit guides, past lives, uh, deceased loved ones. I don't like to do that. It feels like a jumble for me. Okay. Um, When I do a mediumistic reading, I only bring loved ones. I don't bring your spirit guides. Because it takes me the whole reading to do an adequate communication with your loved ones so i don't mix everything up in the intuitive guidance reading i go into what i feel as a higher consciousness which i feel the guidance around me that i'm tuning into i feel is around all of us so it's your guidance as much as it is mine hmm. that you know, sounds
0: powerful it, to have a session fun. like that it
1: is, It is very powerful. The intuitive guidance readings are just, sometimes I am so blown out by them. I do a meditation before I just look at the client's mind and I say to what I call my guidance, tell me about this client. This is before I'm on the phone with the client. I'm staring at a name and I write down all these things. And then I I tune in on whatever issues the clients ask me to tune in on. And I write down things that have come to me. A lot of times I have no idea. I don't understand what it means. And then I get on the phone or meet in person with a client. And by the time we've gone through the whole reading, um, we usually can see what that initial meditation meant. It comes full circle. And this is also a wonderful kind of reading because unlike the mediumistic reading where you can't tell me anything because we're trying to prove something, we're trying Mm -hmm. to prove that we're in touch with a particular loved one. In the intuitive guidance reading, you can say anything you want. We're not trying to prove anything. Guidance can't be proved, and I'm not trying to be a psychic and tell you what you ate for breakfast, and I don't predict the future. So we're really working on issues in your life, and guidance is coming through. And many times the guidance in itself is quite evidential because guidance comes through that the client understands that I don't understand at all, but they do. That's great. I mean, I'm, I'm of the real
0: belief, what empowers me from my life is that everything that happens to me, not that it's meant to be, but that there's there's learning for me. Uh, and it's, it's easier to get through life being responsible than being a victim. Um, so if I can remember to do that, it's it's great. Um, but I think that at the end of my life, I'd like to be looking back at the growth and how I evolved and, and all that kind of thing. And it is nice to talk to somebody to have a little guidance along the way, and it would feel good if the guidance was somebody like you channeling or tapping into whatever
1: it is, you know. Because it's I- a very, it's a very powerful experience, and and I just want to pick up on your words. You know, at the end of your life, you want to have evolved.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the thing that's wonderful about understanding that there is life beyond leaving our physical bodies, is that whatever evolving you and I and everybody else on the planet is or is not doing at this moment, that's what we leave with. And we're going to keep on evolving. So why not evolve as much as possible before we cross over? I I like that, yes. And and then we're going to keep going. So it's an ongoing process. That's great. Which I, which which gives us momentum and mm-hmm. motivation to evolve ourselves now, but it also lets us know that um you know, if we don't get everything done <laughs> that we want to do in our life, it, it, there's there's still a lot of evolving left to do.
0: Yeah, and here on earth we're dealing with other people and their stuff right? And so, mm-hmm. just being in yes, our own skin <laughs> doesn't make it right. I mean, I wish I had a magic wand that I could heal some things and, you know, oh, I know. make a so difference. Many
1: times, and, so many times I've said to clients, I wish I had a magic wand and yeah. make this all go away. Or in my own life, my own family, you know, but, I don't know, It's it's a, it's all a work in progress. But I think knowing that that we are spiritual beings like like when I'm talking to uh, one of my clients I say you know the only difference between you and me and the spirit that we're talking to is that you and I are wearing physical bodies and this spirit is no longer wearing a physical body but we are all spirit already right I love that
0: that's a, a good picture and we don't have to wait to visit a medium or talk to one on the phone to realize that our Loved ones are around, correct? And talk um, to
1: well. Th- it depends on the person. Some people are so skeptical and so frightened that they're not going to realize it without the help. They need the support, yeah, That makes sense. Encouragement and proof of a medium. Others are able to realize it and may never need a reading.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. I- so again, again, I think everything is an individual. Specific situation, mm-hmm. and there's no it's right or 20. wrong. It's um. Oh, I I have some judgmental things. Okay, <laughs> for myself, yeah. for myself. While I'm very very glad that there are people to deal with all the the you know really haunted houses and places like that, oh. I don't go there. Right, and I don't want my students to go there. It's just not where I'm comfortable. I'm glad there are people who can do that work, but I'm, I don't do that for the same reason that I'm not a policewoman or in the CIA. Right. You know, yet I'm glad that the police and the CIA exist, but I wouldn't be the right type. Right. So for me, I stick very, very close to the most sacred energy possible, and I advise my clients and students to do that. The people... Who seem to come to me that get in trouble are the people who are looking for sensationalism the thrills they the you know they're looking for things that may lead them into experiencing what can be some pretty negative energies yeah i just don't don't want that. that for my life
0: no and that doesn't resonate with me either i've been on some other people's shows and they want to talk about all kinds of stuff i'm like no That's not my passion. I just, you know, leave it at that. And so, I I mean, I'm about um, empowerment and living our lives to the fullest and having relationships that work and joy and learning and experience and all that. And that's just not my cup of tea. So,
1: that's okay. It's not my cup of tea either. Yet, I try not to be too judgmental about it because everybody serves a different function. Mm. This earth. And so... You know, the people who are able to do certain kinds of work that I'm not able to do are probably very helpful to some of those spirits that they get unstuck, you know? Yeah,
0: that makes perfect sense. Our time's going by very quickly, so I'm not going to end just yet. (laughs) But what haven't I asked you that you're passionate about that that you'd like to share? Or if there's anything that you feel in your heart or coming through that you need to you might want to say
1: well i guess what i'd like to say to listeners is that if you feel that you might be um have spiritual gifts that you have a lot of psychic energy mediumistic energy healer energy try not to be frightened try to look into it um don't Don't be gullible, don't believe everything that everybody says to you, but really try to look into it, and that's actually why I wrote my last book called Are You Psychic or Making It Up? It's not a book about how to be psychic or how to be a medium, but it's a book about how to cope, and I wrote it because so many people were calling me with questions, I'm having this experience, that experience, and while I would love to, I don't have an hour to spend on the phone with everybody. Right. So I took all of their questions, and they're all answered in the book. And so I encourage you not to run away from who you are if you have these gifts, because sooner or later you need to face them and decide what you're going to do with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you going to sort of try to minimize them, or are you going to develop them? You know, and, but, but you, need, you need to know who you are. Otherwise, there's going to be this energy rumbling around inside of you, sort of poking at you and saying, here I am, here I am. And the more you try to kind of push it down, the more unbalanced you're going to feel.
0: Mm-hmm. And it just it keeps knocking at your door from one that... It keeps
1: knocking at your door. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and you do not have to become a professional psychic or medium. You don't ever have to do a reading for anybody. You might develop your gifts just for your own personal spiritual transformation. But you ultimately you can't hide from who you are.
0: You can't, can you? I don't think so. No, that just struck me like, oh boy, she's talking to well, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, It's just, um, you know, so if you're willing to look into who you are and know that you are not possessed by this, Mm -hmm. you have choices you're in charge of your life don't be afraid to look at who you are because you can choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do very
0: very well said and with that i think it's time to bring this all to a close yeah it feels like a natural culmination of the
1: conversation
0: and the beginning of something new doing some more research
1: learning tapping into what's... I've loved talking with you, Sandra. Oh, thanks. You're you're giving a real gift to people by doing these
0: interviews thanks and ditto to you for all you do and just for our listener just some places to get in touch with carol lynn if you're interested first of all you can go to wedontdieradio.com and there's a picture of her beautiful face and the links to her facebook page her websites uh, and contact information there and to her books Um, she's got five books out
1: right and a cd yeah, my five books out and a CD. They're on my web. If you want an autographed copy, um, come to my website. And I do a raffle every month now. That's so fun. But if you buy a book, uh, you're in the raffle, and for a free one half hour intuitive guidance reading on the phone. That's awesome. And and if you want a a, a lesser price than I'm able to sell to you, then you go to Amazon. And you forward the receipt to me and you'll be in the raffle.
0: Oh, thanks for that. And
1: um, so these these are the books I use with my students. All of my books have been written as a result of the questions you guys have been asking me. So I am responding to you with my books. That's great. They're not all about me. They're all about you. I like that. I like that. And...
0: Carolyn's um, website is carolyn dot com, and I'm going to spell yeah, that for have to you. Yeah, put the
1: e in, or you'll never yep, find it. it's c a r
0: o l e l y n n e dot com. Yes, and as a reminder, go to we don't die radio dot com, and there's a link you can just click on; and it'll send you over there. Carolyn, thank you,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to you. It's, it's great because <laughs> I re- I really had a great time, and I. I feel wonderful right now. I know I'm going to have a great day because this was just a, a wonderful talk and we hang up. I'm going to get on my exercise bike <laughs> and I have a lot of energy from my exercise. Oh,
0: it's so good. And and I, I've i got a lot of energy too and these episodes are as much for us as they are for you, our listener, who
1: spent this last hour with us. That's Thank true. You. That's true because t- saying to the listener. People like Sandra and I need to talk about these things, well, and it is uplifting for us
0: yeah and
1: and we hope for you too
0: and you know selfishly speaking, I know if I get something out of this, like I put myself in whoever's listening in their their shoes, like I want everybody to I want to leave everybody empowered for today and give you something to think about and and some tools to use to have a, a great life, really, so really? Yes. yeah, so. I'm going to just close right now and just say thank you to everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, This is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe with all my heart that uh, life is an education for our soul and that your life here on Earth is important. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.